In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Did you know that statistically speaking, men die several years earlier than our beautiful counterparts women? Have you ever wondered why? Experts offer a lot of suggestions, but here's one reason I think men die first. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your host of Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men guiding you to your best version in that stress bubble of life and beyond. Welcome to today's episode. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Juniper Mountain Trading Post. Juniper Mountain Trading Post is actually a coffee company. It is my new favorite coffee. They just came out with a brand new, uh, I'm not going to call it flavor, it's a roast. It's called Cupped Lightning. So they have their Trail Boss, they have their Camp Cook, which are their dark and medium roast, but Cupped Lightning is their light roast, and I put that in my coffee press, and man, it is so good. It does not taste like a light roast. It really has a medium roast flavor. It is delicious. Go check it out, guys. Hey, head on over to junipermountaintradingpost.com, and when you check out with your coffee, if you enter the code ARENA, they will give you 10% off your order. Hey guys, as you know, this year our goal is to gather 365 hero stories in 365 days. A hero story is a testimony of transformation or a decisive act to grow. Hey guys, when we use your hero story and you hit us up with your physical mailing address, we will send us some swag just to say thank you for being in the arena. Today's hero story comes from Jason via email. Now I want to identify in his email, the things that make this a hero story. So you'll hear me highlight certain phrases that designate this a hero story, a story of transformation. He says this, quote, good morning. I'm a protector. I've been in the military, law enforcement, security industry for 20 plus years. I fought with myself over who I was and who I'm supposed to be. I have argued with God. So that's the first thing. He's, he's in a battle with God. I've argued with God about the same. I recently found your podcast at the start of another transition period for me and my family. So that's another hero story component. He's transitioning. He's moving his family along. Your mission and messages have really helped me to realign and man up. So he's 
confessing that the that our ministries helped him to realign. That is part of a hero story, transformation, realignment. He continues, I share this podcast with my friends and sons. That's, a, that's another component of a hero story. He's sharing the message now. Instead of internalizing everything, he's sharing what he's learned. He continues, he says, looking for opportunities to grow with others and teach my boys what it means to be a godly man. Obviously, that is another component of a hero story. Then he, he says, thanks for your help. So guys, when we are looking for a hero story, we're looking for those components of transition change, realignment, growth, sharing. Uh, we don't we don't really care about you telling us how awesome we are. We already really know how awesome we are. I'm just kidding. We just want to hear how awesome God is in your life. He's the one who we want to put on display. So guys, today I want to talk to you uh, about why I believe men die first. But bigger than that is what has God done with men. You know, I believe the Bible teaches that God has placed a mantle of manhood, of masculinity upon men that he has not placed on women, generally speaking. And generally speaking, he has given women a mantle that men do not carry. I believe men and women are different. I will die on that hill because that's what the Bible says. And so what I decided to do today, I'm going to read to you out of my newest book, The Full Capacity Man. It will be released in September of 2024. Guys, at this point in my life, this is my magnum opus. This book I believe can sell a million copies. I am so excited. And I want to read to you a section out of my introduction that I'm not 100% sure is actually going to make the cut of this book. I think it may go into another book I want to write down the road called The Mantle of Manhood. But it's in my introduction nonetheless. So let me read this to you. It's called Carry the Weight. Omar Bradley said, Bravery is the capacity to perform evenly when scared half to death. Galatians 6 Verses 2 and 5 say this, Carry each other's burdens, and this, this way fulfill the law of Christ, for each one should carry their load. The next quote I want to read is, Embrace the suck. It's a military term. In Numbers chapter 4, verse 31, which is our text for today's chapter, their only duty at the tabernacle will be to carry heavy loads. So let me start with the introduction of this chapter, The Mason, the Warrior, and the Moving Man. Here we go. Young Zuriel's in the prime of his life. His body is hardened from working as a master mason in the hot Egyptian sun and as a brickmaker on Pharaoh's many construction sites. Zuri, as his mother affectionately calls him, is a name given by his father, meaning the Lord is my rock. A fitting name considering his dad, Abba Ha'il, the great-grandson of Levi himself, was a foreman overseeing all the Hebrew brick production. Zuri's back is as strong as the hardened hands, with muscles rippling in the Mediterranean sun like crawling things. Before Moses arrived in Egypt, Zuri's fate was sealed in mud, straw, and sweat. But with Moses, things radically changed. Finally, his dream of becoming a warrior will come true with the crashing of the Red Sea on the Egyptian army. But they will be back to reclaim their precious Hebrew possessions. An army must be raised. And Zuri will be ready to fight to the death. His body is strong. His mind is tough. His grip is firm. He is a natural leader who is already building a powerful reputation among the Mirari clan, his people. But the devastated Egyptians never return. Instead, he and over a million others follow Moses deeper into the wilderness. Whispers of a utopic promised land move through the camp. When the time comes, he'll be ready to fight all comers. Whatever it takes, 
he will remain a free man. His sword is razor sharp and ready to cut, but that day will never come to him. Moses' brother Aaron arrives to divide the descendants of Levi into groups. He has a job for them to do. Conquer a city? Defend the newly constructed tabernacle? Ward off marauders? No. Instead, he shouts. This is from Numbers chapter 1, starting in verse 47. The Levites, however, were not numbered among them by their father's tribe. For the Lord had spoken to Moses, saying, Only the tribe of Levi you shall not number, nor will you take their census among the sons of Israel. But you shall appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony and over all its furnishings and over all that belongs to it. They shall carry the tabernacle and its furnishings, and they shall take care of it. They shall camp also around the tabernacle. So when the tabernacle is set out, the Levites shall take it down. And when the tabernacle encamps, the Levites shall set it up. But the laymen who come near shall be put to death. The sons of Israel shall camp each man in his own camp, and each man by his own standard according to their armies. The Levites shall camp around the tabernacle of the testimony, so there will be no wrath on the congregation of the sons of Israel. So the Levites shall keep charge of the tabernacle of the testimony. Thus, the sons of Israel did according to all which the Lord had commanded Moses, they did. What is this treachery? Zuri shouts. I'm a warrior, not some moving man. Zuri screams from somewhere deep within the Sea of the Hebrews, but Aaron continues before he can protest further. I'm talking about Numbers chapter 3, verse 35 and on. The leader of the father's households and all the families of Merari will be Zuriel, the son of Abahiel. They will camp on the northward side of the tabernacle. The appointed duties of the sons of Merari involve carrying the frames of the tabernacle, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, and all its equipment and the service concerning them and the pillars around the court with their sockets and their pegs and their cords. End of quote. Zuri sits down with his face buried in his calloused, weathered hands. What just happened? Then he laughs out loudly. No, then he laughs so loudly that even Aaron turns to see the disturbance. It's all in the name. It was growing up and it is now. It struck him as strange how his people always knew how to pick the perfect name. Merari, after all, means sad, bitter, and strong. From now on, he will put down a sword. His only job to carry heavy things. This next section is called the mantle. I'm sure that Zuriel learned quickly how fast strength diminishes without proper rest, planning, and resistance training. Last month, I took a short break from weightlifting and started up again this week. I can barely sit. My hamstrings are so sore from doing those squats. My experiences from years of strength training and choosing the masculine journey over male apathy have made it crystal clear that operating at full capacity, it only happens with discipline, planning, and resistance. Males are born, but men are made. Male by birth, but man by choice. Strong men are forged in the fires of resistance. God made man on purpose, and that purpose is to carry heavy burdens. Look at our bodies. With testosterone pumping through our system, we are larger than our beautiful female counterparts. We have more muscle mass. We are physically stronger. We are faster. We are laser-focused, compartmentalized to a fault, task-oriented conquerors. God made men to carry heavy loads, both spiritually and physically. It's the mantle of masculinity. But carrying a heavy burden is in direct proportion to the carrier's capacity. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you have life and have it to the full. John chapter 10, verse 10b. Jesus came to reclaim that which the enemy has stolen. And what has he stolen, you ask? 
your capacity, your ability to operate at full capacity as your best version in Christ. We live in a world that says, you do you. The problem is that people don't mean it. What they really mean is conform to the world, go with the flow, blend in, be fair. We're all the same around here. This is the enemy's lie to rob the world of your greatest gift, you, the unapologetic version of you living at full capacity. God wants to put you on display and for his glory. Anonymity is the great sin of the masculine soul. Do not let it captivate you. The great apostle Paul wrote this about the following cultural norms, quote, do not conform to the pattern of this real world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know the will of God, his good and his pleasing and his perfect will. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Man, I just want to encourage you. I I hope that little section out of my book to be released in September 24 encourages you. I want to end with a quote by John Eldridge, and John Eldridge said in his book, Wild at Heart, let the world feel the full weight of who you are and let them deal with it. Your job is to carry your full capacity. The world's job is to deal with what God has done when he puts you on display. God bless you guys. Hey guys, make sure you are following this podcast. I was just talking to one of my sons on an elk trip last week. He goes, dad, I listen to your podcast all the time, but I'm not sure I follow it. I go, subscribe that boy, subscribe. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That helps us in our rankings. And and guys, if you already do subscribe, make sure you share this podcast episode with one of your buddies so he can grow closer uh, in the man who's carrying the heavy weight of masculinity. Until next time. Feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. Carry the heavy load. And be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.